analysis of federal data, complemented by multiple studies, shows that the number of small business contracting with the federal government shrank dramatically over the past decade. Federal purchasing and the economic opportunities it generates is highly concentrated in just a few congressional districts. Understandably, a lot of new businesses register to compete for opportunities to sell to the U.S. government because it is one of the largest buyers of products and services in the world, and these businesses come in all sizes and flavors. The government is also heavily marketing to small businesses and technical innovation firms and have communicated and implemented recent policies and acquisition authorities with the intent to improve opportunities for small businesses to participate in the market. However, for all of the amazing opportunities, there are just as many pitfalls, risks, and unspoken rules in doing business in government contracting. Welcome to Unveiled GovCon Stories, where we explore the experiences and share the stories of small businesses in government contracting to spotlight the often sugar-coated or avoided discussions that speak to the reality of doing business within the U.S. public sector as a small business. And we are here, your hosts, Tasha Jones and Yaz Wen. Again, thank you all for joining. Thank you all for tuning in. This is our inaugural podcast episode. We are beyond excited to get some content out to you all, get some feedback from our audience and, and continue to grow the information that we share um, and work within the industry that we have grown to, to know well and, and love most of the time. <laughs> um, without further ado, um, we wanna kind of tell you guys a bit about ourselves, who we are, our experience, number of years, why we're doing this. Um, and from there, jump into some other topics that we're passionate about sharing uh, for our first episode and kind of lay the groundwork uh, for, for the podcast. Um, Tasha, you want to kick us off and give us a bit about your background? Oh, yeah, yeah. You would make me first, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so Tasha Jones, I've been in government, contracting, military, all the things with government uh, my entire career for over 25 years. Uh, started in the U.S. Navy. Uh, became a contractor and did my rounds, as we say in the D.C. area, the belt, you know, Beltway Bandits. Um, I've been at a lot of the larger government contracting firms, um, as well as some small companies. Most recently, I had an experience with a very small business that opened my eyes to a lot of the difficulties and complications that are unique to small businesses in the government contracting space. And in 2019, I started my own small business in the space. And so I have a unique perspective of how things happen in government, not only from a small business lens, but having been a government employee, I worked uh, at a government agency and was a senior government civil servant for a while. I've also been a contractor and not only a, you know an employee that was working on site with the client, but I grew into escalating roles of responsibility and have served as an executive with PL responsibilities, um, soup to nuts on the growth. And so I have that perspective as well. And then having been a 1099 and then transitioning to actually scale a more traditional type of government contracting company as a small business um, gives me a, a well-rounded lens of what small businesses are experiencing in this space. And with that, Yaz, I'll pass it over to you. Let's let's hear about your background. Uh, slightly different experience. Um, nonetheless, chock full of government work. Uh, native Washingtonian. So uh, for those that are grew up in the D.C. area, you have no choice but to live and breathe government work, whether you're a civil servant or you're a contractor 
or you're even in hospitality. I mean, so many of the businesses in this area thrive on uh, government work and, the, and the, the, the amount of people that it, it brings to the D.C. metropolitan area. So I actually started working uh, for D.C. government as a kid, the summer youth program. That was my first experience with quote unquote government work. Um, so I technically started working in the government when I was 16. Um, so it's been pretty interesting over the years, um, continuing to grow and kind of morph in different roles. So I'm about almost 20 years in now uh, of government experience. I did a little public sector work and came back to government contracting. I've done everything from running cables under data center floors back when you had to actually move your hardware uh, to a new data center if you wanted something new and shiny and fancy, uh, all the way up to, as Tasha mentioned, PL, project program management, um, operations support, engineering, design, technical, as well as more programmatic um, opportunities. And then the backside of the house as well. So running the back office, um, understanding the nuts and bolts of what keeps small businesses running. I actually have never worked for a technically large business. Um, all of my experience has been with small businesses in the government contracting space. And it's been very interesting over the years because um, that's also opened my eyes to a lot of the M&A, the growth trajectory of these small businesses, the intents of the owners and the executives that I work with as to how they intend to grow their company, what their strategies look like, how they develop their internal policies um, and manage their teams um, and, and plan for that exit strategy. So it's been very, very interesting being able to support both client site as well as the back office or the back side of the house and in and, and almost narrating some of these stories as to how um, the small businesses grow or grow up and grow out um, depending upon you know their overall strategy. In terms of just general experience, I, I'm just grateful to have had my hands in so many different areas. I think it's given me a very well-rounded perspective on what it takes to live and breathe and compete uh, in the GovCon space, specifically in DC, but also um, having had partners that are outside of the DC metropolitan area or who are currently outside of DC, but looking to transition into DC just because of the amount of opportunity that it offers. So that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this, to share some of our experience and bring in some of our cohorts and partners uh, and GovCon to share our experiences and hopefully enable those listening to be able to grow your business or pivot your business, or in the case of maybe federal employees that are listening in, um, work better with small businesses and help them enable to grow while also helping your agency get what you need out of those contracts. So that's that's why we're here. And I think I almost segued into our, our next topic, Tasha, on why we're so passionate about uh, supporting small businesses and some of the general statistics that we read, see, live in uh, regarding government contracting. So I'll let you, I'll turn it back over to you for that one. Yeah, many people are under the impression that, you know, smalls have it easy because, you know, due to the wealth of our country, you know, being in the United States. And the reality of that, however, is that, you know, 18% of small businesses fail uh, within their first year while 50% fail after five and 65% by their 10th year in business. These statistics are from, you know, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And I think hearing that, like I was surprised when I first saw those numbers at the scale and the fact that it continues to increase over time, you would think that over time, there'd be some hardening, some improvement, some, you know, processes and, and streamlining put in place that would help to 
ensure more growth or at least sustainment. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, with me have, being a data person, of course, I have 50 million questions about the, the, the actual numbers. And when they go out of business, is it, did they go out of business or did they sell or did they, you know, just close shop or what does that mean? Did you yeah, want to? Devil's always in the details. And so, you know, just a general disclaimer, we're not on this podcast to be data analysts. So we, we welcome right. everyone to, <laughs> to, to go in, do, do your own research, shoot us some links, send us some information. Um, you know, these general statistics talk about small businesses at large, yeah. but also directly apply almost percentage by percentage to small businesses in the GovCon industry as well. So we like to provide as much information, rounded information as we can and narrow it down to GovCon. But I mean, it's still are there's still some staggering numbers that 50% of small businesses fail within the first five years. Um, it's and it's it's interesting because we see how much the government spends when you're in GovCon. And it seems like enough money when we're in the double digit billions for everyone to be able to be successful. Um, so there's some nuances to this. And that's what a lot of what we want to dig into. Why is it that the businesses are failing or are they not even failing? Are they selling? And how do these numbers work? What does this look like for small businesses? What does this look like for new entrants or, or folks that are, are pivoting? They're growing. They're not sure what their next step is. Um, we want to bring in people and have those kinds of conversations. Um, and I think that really gets into why we have these sources for our storytelling and, and for the information that we're sharing in these podcasts to come, um, because it matters to hear real information from real people. We're not you know, here to just pontificate, although my inner narcissist loves to hear myself. Um, that's not truly what we're here for. Uh, we we want to make sure that we're sharing as much information as possible from businesses that are in, in this space and they're in it real time. Yeah. And we also want to ensure that, you know, the truth of of the reality of the the experience in the space is understood, um, because I honestly feel, especially with small businesses, the most negative parts and behaviors that come in that particular demographic of government are what um, larger businesses, as well as government liaisons um, that support smalls when they do talk about you know, the struggles, they often quote the worst, right? Um, not doing the homework and, you know, doing certain things that, you know, you would normally hope a small business wouldn't do when you uh, engage with government agencies in this space for the marketing process that it, that's required. And of course, we'll get into a lot of that in later episodes, but we want to tell these stories and within a, in a way that has non-attribution, because it's not about pointing fingers. It's not about trying to take anybody down. It is about letting small business owners be heard and tell their stories, their truths of what their experiences. So, and learning how they navigate it through these various experiences and the lessons learned on the other side. That way, new entrants coming in can come in with eyes wide open. Um, you know, larger partners, as y'all said, could, could partner better and be more empathetic, sympathetic to smalls and what they ask them to do. And for government employees to have more awareness and also be a bit more eyes wide open and what the experiences it is of small businesses and realize that not all of them don't have capacity, aren't capable, and just looking you know, for somebody to help them out. Their small business has a huge, is a huge spectrum. Like there's a large range of what small business means in government contracting. And so we're gonna try to touch on as much of that as we can in this process. 
And I would like to add, Katasha, you were kind of headed in that direction already. One of our episodes that we want to kind of clue you into early because it's going to be entertaining. Um, we, we took a different spin on a question and answer. So we're going to do a statement and a reaction. So some of these statements, you'll, get, you'll hear them. You'll hear them live. Some of these statements are probably going to be a little off the wall and we just want to get a reaction. We want your reaction as well. But we're going to kind of do a statement and reaction segment um, about some of the myths, some of the truths, some of the impressions that are out in industry regarding uh, working as a small business in the GovCon space. Can't tell you too much more than that, but pretty excited about that that episode because it's going to be beyond entertaining um, and, 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 and an interesting kind of round uh, for, for you guys to listen into. So let's talk about all the things, all the things, the hype of GovCon, all the things. <laughs> Frenemies, competitors, too much money, you know, uh, not enough qualified small businesses, all the stuff you hear. Um, you know, the, the actual reality in the general state of small business is that there is plenty of opportunity and you have to understand the processes of how to take advantage of those. And um, SBA has tons of amazing like one-on-one information as well as how-to information for certain types of vehicles that are appropriate for small businesses to consider in creating the infrastructure to do business in the government space. You know, I would say these the joint venture game, you know, the the uh, men of protege programs, partnering with the Alaska natives for the set asides. And I know for some of our listeners that are new entrants or are in the space, some of this stuff may sound foreign, but we're going to definitely get into that. But because of categorization management, which I think they changed the name of that, Yaz, but I don't know what the new name is. They may have. Uh, the alphabet soup game will always be real in the GovCon space. So for those, again, that are new entrants and you hear and see lots of letters that you're completely unfamiliar with, you're not alone. There are those of us that are 20 years in and still do not keep up with all the letters that the government puts out by way of Africa. So. <laughs> and we'll, we'll try to also you know provide some assets that can help facilitate understanding of the topics we're talking about. And when we refer to certain policies websites, we'll, we'll try to keep assets or a link list. Uh, so if you're interested, you can go and look those things up. However, um, all of those items that I just stated is spurring large businesses wanting to do more with smalls because there is an intentional effort to infuse dollars into small businesses. You know, there's a difference between, I think the dollars that are awarded, because you hear that a lot, you know, over so many billions of dollars awarded to small business. Um, I think it's interesting to evaluate how much of that did the small business actually get though. And another tidbit to that is that there are companies that are technically still small that you may not think are small business. So there's, there are, there are nuances to this game um, that yes. we'll also talk through. And so just the baseline, what small businesses, there's, we said there's different types and there's size standards, which are, you know, usually stated in the number of employees or average annual receipts. And it represents the largest size, you know, that a, a business may be able to, you know, obtain a classification by SBA for federal contracting programs. And the definition of small, like y'all just said it, industry-wise, it's, it's different. Even in government contracting, depending on the industry, it can shift. So for example, um, if you're a manufacturing company, usually SBA would assign a small status within if you have 500 employees or less. Um, Non-manufacturing business, usually an average annual receipts that's under 7.5 million will qualify as small. 
but there are nuances to that. And each code also, you know, it, it, it maps um, to different uh, NAICs and everything. So we're going to have a link available that talks about different NAICs. Um, those are, don't get me lying, the National American Industrial Categorization System. Done. Did I get it? I'm pretty sure you nailed that. Okay. All right. I can it while you keep talking through this, just to make sure, because in my brain, you're right, but I could be wrong too. You, I could, but you know, hey, hey. I think you got that though. Okay. So according to SBA, you know, small businesses, like I said, they were awarded around 23% of all federal contracts. And these are small businesses, according to SBA's definition of small. Small business awards reached a record, what, in 2022, last year? And Yaz, I'm going to have you elaborate. So the total number of businesses, you said, declined, right? It yeah, so in 2022. And I did I did actually look it up just to make sure since since we're since we're here on the podcast. North American Industry Classification System. There you go. Boom. Boom. Thank you. Not a problem. So statistics, numbers, we keep saying we're not data scientists, y'all. We are pouring this pulling this information from the interwebs. But 2022 numbers were is about as current as it gets when you're looking at the, the volume of data that is analyzed every year. So while we may be well into 2023, 2022 is kind of your most recent metrics that you're going to get. And it was very interesting. So according to the SBA, the number, the amount of spending and the amount of war, awards to small businesses actually increased while the number of small businesses as registered entities with the, the SBA decreased. There's so, so one thing on that before you go forward, yeah. we need to call out that this is not new. And it is one of the catalysts for, uh, I believe, a lot of the policies that have been put out. Um, small businesses have been declining steadily since, what, 2010-ish uh, yeah, uh, in right the now. government space. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So exact numbers, $158.7 billion uh, were awarded directly to small businesses and government for fiscal year 2022, an increase in, of 3% over the prior year and the highest level recorded. In total, $682.6 billion were awarded to government contracts in 2022. The total percentage of disclosed contracts going to small businesses decreased. It's, it was a slight decrease, but when you're looking at the, the, the number of small businesses, any decrease is significant, especially when you're looking at a year-on-year -year decrease. So those are, those are the exact numbers from 2022 fiscal year. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. You know, there's and there's a lot of new entrants that come in. We will say that if you are a new entrant and you're listening, please stick with us. You'll learn a lot of amazing information through the stories that are going to be coming from um, small business owners, as well as stories from support partners that are in this space, you know, like the attorneys and the the accountant, the accountants and you know, the contract administrators and so on who help businesses do their day-to-day as well as, you know, large businesses and government agency representative stories um, in dealing with smalls, it's going to be very informative. And it's very important to do homework if you're going to, if you're looking to come into the space. And if it's almost the equivalent of, you know, I really like HGTV. <laughs> uh oh. I love HGTV, but sometimes you watch it like- It magically built itself when you took down one wall. That yeah. show? That show. That show. <laughs> I like HGTV. It's, hey, it's, you know, it's not realistic, you know, for your average person. But on HGTV uh, International, you know how it shows when people go to live overseas? 
But then they didn't do like any homework to have any awareness about like the culture differences, um, like cost of living differences. What are the housing norms? So they go, you know, they go to England and expect like McMansions um, that you might see in Texas and get upset that the rooms are small or something like that. So you definitely have to do your homework. Uh, you know, you're ex in, you can't be expecting a new environment to conform to you and and claiming ignorance. It's just not going to happen in this space. So um, let's let's pull on that HG thread a little bit more because I don't even think if we're going to go with that analogy, you even have to go international. When you, for those that everybody watches HGTV, even if you don't want to watch HGTV, it's on in the doctor's office, it's <laughs> on in the dentist's office, it's on the random TV, like wherever you are. So I know everyone can understand the HGTV analogy. And I'm going to pull on that thread a little bit more because um, there are a couple of shows even where there are new entrants to the real estate market that think they're going to go buy a home, flip it, put it on the market. They're going to make this crazy amount of profit and they can do it all by themselves. Kind of the same thing, folks. There are people out here that do these things. They do them well. They're happy to share the information that they have, but you have to collaborate and work with them. And I guarantee you the show where they're working with an experienced real estate agent or experienced group of contractors, and they are first initially investing or learning as a part of that process, their numbers are pretty close to what they're expecting versus the folks that just went into it blind and are hoping for the best. So we're not saying let's deter you or detract from the work that anyone's doing, but we want to share information and kind of build a community around this so that we can do things as effectively, as efficiently, as, as cost effectively, especially as a small business, because finances are, are, are key um, to, to make everybody successful. When you're looking at $158.7 billion, everyone in small business should be able to succeed. And, and so we want to get there. We want to make that happen. And we did spend a lot of time talking to new entrants, I believe, in that segment, in that portion of the segment. Um, but we do want to, you know, clarify that this is for all small businesses. We're going to have small, smalls or micro, small, small, smalls, mid-tier smalls, large smalls. And just to give context for people who may not understand what all that means, micro smalls are really small companies. These are one person to, I would say, maybe 10 person companies. Our small smalls are probably that 10, 10 to 20-ish, 25 people, maybe a little more. It's hard to it's hard to bucket these smalls. Probably, right, probably in the 70 range, up to about 70 or so. Up to yeah. about 70 for small smalls? Up to about 70, still. Okay. Still you on that. That's okay, lucky. I'll give that to it. You know, and um, you know, mid-tier, these are the smalls that are, you know, revenue-wise, they're they're getting close to some of the maximum amounts uh that you see across NAICS um from a you know dollar value. They may be doing 25, 35 million dollars annual recurring revenue as a as a medium-sized small business. Um, and in a large, they're kind of like not small already in some NAICS potentially, and then you know, sitting right there at the cusp on others. And so those guys, you know, 40 million plus in revenue, but they're still a small. So that's that's what we mean. I, I see what you want to say, what you want to say. No, I mean, we can we can talk about all these different, we, uh, so, yes. much, so much to yeah. talk about. <laughs> We're not so, going to dig into it now. I'm not going to even dig into it now. I'm going to stop. I'm just yes. Gonna, there's yes. lots of different smalls. We'll just suffice. We're not going to dig into it now. The point and purpose is that you can have smalls ranging from doing less than $100,000 annual recurring revenue to over $40 million in annual recurring revenue. And 
that is a wide range to say small business. It's a little bit different from what you see on what they call Main Street America, um, small businesses, um, which are also supported by some of the programs in SBA. And so thank you so much for joining us. And I really am excited about the lineup that we have uh, for you guys. And with that, I want to kind of go ahead and and segue into our, our next section and talk about like what's next. So we've given you a little teaser, a little bit of information about what's coming up, but we really want to give you kind of more of a formal layout into kind of what we've got planned for the upcoming podcast. Um, you you should by now have a flavor, a feel for what we're targeting, what we're what we want to talk through. Um, but the content is fluid. We are expecting to get feedback from the, our, our, our audience, which will help kind of navigate some of the topics that we cover. And we're, we're really excited about that. But we also do have some content that we're already developing um, that we're going to get out to the, the social handles, the media, the, the people, all the GovCon, all the things. Again, we're, we're as broad as we possibly can. And we want to share this information with as broad of an audience as we could possibly reach. Uh, so Tasha, you want to tell us a little bit more about what we've got on the horizon? Yes, yes, yes. So we plan to have a episode a week throughout the spring. Um, our next season will be in the fall. That'll give us some time to ship, make some shifts and adjustments, being that this is the first season of, of Unveiled GovCon Stories. Um, and so we have some juicy upcoming episodes and topics. We have done some recordings already. And some of those, not only how to and getting started, but real stories of the day to day. So if you're a current small business in government, talking to companies about their experiences with PPP and situations that have occurred with that, as well as, you know, mentor protege programs, what have been stories for companies that are in that program or have went through that program? Um, what happened to them? So many stories, good, good, bad, ugly. There's nothing that's off the table. And again, it's all about learning. It's all about sharing. The other thing is we support not small businesses that are one person companies to, you know, larger. And so with that, we have Hive 39 is sponsoring the podcast. Hive 39 is a community for consultants and small businesses and provides information about the government contracting space. They provide information about policies and regulations that are changing and give discounts to events um, that are happening, uh, as well as inform small business owners of cost-effective resources appropriate for them, potential teaming opportunities, as well as posting um, consultant opportunities for our smaller consultant demographic that's in the government contracting space. You can get access to Hive 39 at 2039.com slash Hive39-community. We will have that posted in the description for the podcast as well. And uh, as y'all stated, we want you to engage and involve, you know, what your experiences are with what we do. So that way this podcast uh, provides you not only information, but hopefully can help influence uh, some changes that are happening within the space. So with that, we're going to wrap up. Um, key takeaways. One, we are building a community and we want to share information and collaborate with other communities that exist. We are not saying that we're doing anything novel here. We're hoping to just add to the, the plethora of information and give you some real-time information and additional resources as we have them and, and share and share alike, hoping that we can help um, fellow small businesses succeed. 
Um, we want to highlight, though, that the, the target of our conversation is really around understanding the dynamics of working in the U.S. government as one of the largest buyers of products and services, um, not just for those that are located in D.C. or, or on, among the beltway bandits, as we sometimes call ourselves um, in a general reference. We'll, we'll talk more about what a beltway bandit is at some point as well. That's going to be one of our, our fun statement and response kind of uh, activities. But we want to engage with small, smalls of all sizes and, and really grow, um, provide employment, look to help everyone stabilize their existing work, um, move into new work and, and explore new opportunities and make generally a positive impact on the, the, the community, the public that we serve as small business owners, as well as participants in the government, making us again, public servants in one way, shape or form. Um, and we hope that you all enjoy the content that we're providing, enjoying the podcast to hear more about other small business experiences, share your own experience, um, and, and help us all be better in the work that we do and how we support our employees or fellow contractors. Tasha, anything you want to add? Nope. Other than make sure to tune in every Wednesday and send us your constructive feedback, recommendations about other things you'd like to learn, as well as your stories. Who knows? Maybe you can be a guest here uh, with us. We, we like new people. We like friends. So <laughs> we're looking forward to, to working with you all. Please subscribe, like, share our podcast, spread the word, post it on repost on LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever your jam is. There are tons of social media platforms. Feel free to share uh, amongst all of them. Um, and again, thank you for, for joining us on Unveiled our inaugural episode, GovCon Stories, a Hive 39 media production with your host, Tasha and Yas. We'll see you soon. Bye.